record. Good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to say welcome to the Freeman Means Business Podcast, where today it's an honor to have on the show Dr. Rebecca Brightman. Let me tell the audience a bit about the fabulous you, Dr. Brightman. <laughs> Dr. Brightman is a board-certified OBGYN in private practice in New York City, and she has been since 1990. She is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and received her MD degree in residency training at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Dr. Brightman has served on the advisory board of Women's Day Magazine and is frequently interviewed for popular print, online magazines, and blogs. She has appeared on network television and has spoken on numerous occasions in New York. She has also served as a woman's health expert for several pharmaceutical and consumer brands. Dr. Brightman is listed by Castle Connolly as one of the top physicians in the New York metro area. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm an OBGYN, I'm a physician in private practice in New York City. Um, I trained in New York City. I live in the suburbs where I've raised two sons, um, one of whom graduated from school, from college two years ago, the other one is a senior in college currently. Um, and I you know, enjoy practicing OBGYN. My husband's an ophthalmologist. He works in Connecticut. And uh, we've managed to juggle and try to have it all, so to speak, while maintaining a sense of humor. <laughs> and a, a sense of humor you have. Folks, I happen to know that Dr. Rebecca is very funny. <laughs> She's also brilliant and beautiful. And you'll see that um, when I post this podcast within the blog that I'll share on my website soon. So tell me a little bit, I know there's a particular area about which you are very passionate and we're all about lifting women. So tell me more about that. So I'm really passionate, particularly now more than ever, about women advocating for their own healthcare and being empowered. We're now facing a change in healthcare really over the last you know, 10, 15 years or so where women have really limited access to healthcare and limited face-to-face -face time with their healthcare providers. So I really think women should be empowered to know what they can expect from their physicians and to really come into their doctor's appointments with a list of questions or concerns. I've always said that as doctors, we're not mind readers, we're really not. Um, so if someone has on their mind, they should make the most of their time with their doctors, no matter whether or not they think their doctor may be annoyed or pressed for time. It's the patient's time. It's this woman's time to have her questions answered, address the concerns she has. And also the most important thing is be empowered and don't be embarrassed. So um, I think that's refreshing to hear um, from a patient perspective because oftentimes we feel like, oh, it's not my job to tell the doctor what to do, but that doesn't mean we can't inform ourselves or come in with educated questions. Right, exactly, exactly. I, I love that kind of relationship that you can have with you um, where I know enough to ask meaningful questions, but I know I can trust you enough to direct me as to what actions I need to take. And I think the other thing about being empowered, and this is really important, is women should never feel that they're being judged. I think if a woman really thinks she's going to see her you know, doctor, her OBGYN, for, that's what I do, uh, whether or not it's an OBGYN, an MD, or a nurse practitioner, or a midwife, don't feel as though you're being judged. I think if a woman feels that she's being judged, then perhaps it's not the best uh, healthcare provider for that individual woman. Um, I really, I, yeah, I try, you know, I feel that I'm very open-minded and not judgmental. It makes my job so much more difficult when people aren't up front with me. Um, we describe it as the hand, hand on the door phenomenon. 
uh, as we're about to exit the exam room door, sometimes a woman will say, oh, one more thing, and that is the most significant piece of information that the patient needs to relate to us. So um, again, don't be embarrassed, Howard, and take charge. So do you think that's because that phenomenon is because they um, fear, okay, so here's my last shot at asking her the questions I need to ask her, and I was afraid to do so up front. Let me get that out now. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and as doctors, we joke amongst ourselves that, you know, it's always that question in the 11th hour, and had we known, we would have addressed that from the start. So I can't impress upon women enough to just come out with it, you know, ask. Um, It's your time. So. That's a great way to look at it. I know um, maybe this is, you know, generational and years ago, doctors, you know, we, the patients were to be seen and not heard. They mm-hmm. went in, they did exactly what the doctor said and they left the office. That was it. Yeah. And it's much more um, a qualitative visit where they can establish a relationship. And, and if you find, I believe, and you can agree or not, if you find that you don't have that with your doctor and you want that, you should probably switch doctors, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so I know that you would, you do a lot with uh, pharmaceutical and consumer brands. What what kind of health expert have you served as? Like what top? top- so I will tell you, this is one of the, it's very, very exciting for me. I love being able to use my understanding of women's health in different capacities and whether or not it's speaking publicly or working on, for example, a non-branded campaign to increase awareness Um, I've worked with various pharma companies and consumer brands companies discussing anything from different types of contraception to, and family planning to prevention of sexually transmitted infections. I worked on a campaign with, um, done a couple of things with Procter & Gamble, one of which had to do with um, women being aware of the importance of dental hygiene and how it can impact uh, their obstetric care and prenatal care and prenatal outcomes. So that was really interesting. Um, most recently, I've worked with AbbVie Pharmaceuticals. Um, and this has been fun. Um, I worked with Julianne Huff. Um, we were paired together, and I was an educational partner on a campaign to increase it, uh, endometriosis awareness. So that was really a fun campaign that's ongoing. Um, so these are just, you know, couple of examples of some of the fun things I've been able to do with my career and I really enjoy it. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this. And I think this is maybe a conversation we can have offline, but I definitely want to know more. Um, I consider myself to have amazing teeth. and I wonder, I wonder about those who don't, how it does impact um, their obstetrics. So later you need to tell me more about that. Definitely. definitely what is definitely. Your, proudest, your proudest professional accomplishment and personal moment? So for sure, I think my proudest accomplishments as a physician is really just honestly the relationships I've built with my patients and their families. There are families I take care of where I may take care of the grandma, the mom, the daughter, and then there's always like a little baby. So I know four generations of families. I I love it. I just absolutely love it. To me, that it brings me absolute, absolute joy. So those are the best client testimonials of all. When someone suggests that her own daughter go to see you, that's amazing. What a vote of confidence. That's Unbelievable. And some of the moms are like, you know what, I'll send you to Dr. Brightman's colleague. It's the same office. And the younger daughter will say, no, no, I actually want to see your doctor. So... Um, sometimes they'll see me, sometimes they'll see one of my colleagues, but I get such a kick out of seeing the young women I've delivered. I love it. 
That's the best. That's the best. The unsolicited referral from mm -hmm. someone who knows and loves. You have raving fans, apparently. So what is your proudest personal accomplishment? My kids, without a doubt. I, I, kids, family, I love my family. I love any time my family. I love my wonderful boys. I am absolutely happiest when we're all together. And it's hard, you know, as you and I have talked, um, one of my sons is in California this year, so that's hard for me. I'm in New York. Um, the other one is finishing up school at University of Richmond, so he's in Virginia. And so um, I miss them terribly. I love it when we're together. And I'm so, so, so proud that they've become such terrific people. You know, they're good people, they're kind people, and uh, it makes me so happy because I think I really trained during a time where I did ask myself, could I do this all? Would the kids be okay? And I feel very, I'm very proud of my children. And I really um, find that when I'm speaking to younger women, I reassure them that yes, you can do this. You really can. And I think if anything, having worked and my, the fact that my kids have seen you work for so many years, they have that much more respect for me. Yes. Yeah, I love that you're a boy mom. I'm a boy mom. Um, I have to say, though, that um, you kind of just do it. It looks to me like women like yourself. I know you have help from your amazing husband. His name is what? Bruce. Bruce, Bruce Altman. Altman. I'm, Brighton is my maiden name, so I, and I kept my maiden name. So Very Bruce Altman. nice. So you two live definitely by example of, you know, healthy, happy, safe, strong family, uh, supportive, encouraging. I think that encouragement is something that's so missing oftentimes in for younger people. Um, oh, I remember I remember when I was single and dating and I did not get married until I was in my early 30s. And um, I remember dating and I would be on a date with someone and I would get the sense that this is somebody who wants somebody who's going to be at home making dinner every night. And. When I met my husband, he has always been so encouraging, even in moments where I didn't necessarily want to run in and, and you know, go to the emergency room and, and, or see, go in for an emergency and I wanted to stay cuddled up. He yeah. always has encouraged me. And honestly, it is, he is equally, and sometimes I say even more, <laughs> involved with child rearing. He's really an extraordinary dad. And I, I love that. Grateful really grateful um it, this is not all me you know um, well, Bruce, if you're listening i think that your wife deserves a nice bottle of wine for that because <laughs> <laughs> most women um well i shouldn't say most women but oftentimes we forget to give the shout out to our husbands as great fathers great parents because you know i know i can't do it alone my my husband's a great father to our son so good for you for for giving your husband that shout out um, it's always been a better disciplinarian. Um, my ch children would always mock me when I, when they were younger that I would always just scream for my husband to help because I couldn't. I had trouble disciplining my children because they were so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 so funny. So I can relate to that. My son teases me uh, all the time and and says that he has so much material when he goes off to college. So much material. <laughs> he's my son and I'm like oh boy yeah I hear you I hear you it's hard to discipline when especially when they're clever like smart clever uh -huh. uh, <laughs> you, you know that there's a seed of truth in that you know so right. Right. <laughs> very right. refreshing that you raised boys that are confident enough to have that relationship with you I'm sure they're not disrespectful they're just being no they're not they're actually not they don't push their limits and they're they're really respectful and now more than ever and I think now that they're in their 20s, they realize, I think, what 
went into my becoming who I am and they have that much more respect. I think when they were younger, you know, I was, I was their mom and sometimes I wasn't home and that was annoying, but now they have tremendous respect. And I think that they look and they think, wow, you did this. You stayed in the workforce. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Living by example. Mm. Let me ask you, speaking of uh, example, who's been your best inspirational mentor? Well, it's interesting. I have to say my mom, because she always encouraged me to be independent. And I really wanted to be independent and to choose a profession where I could support myself and support a family. And, that, and, I, and she encouraged me to do that. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. The interesting thing now is I always find myself saying that there's several women I've met who are younger than I am, actually. But had they been my mentors or had they been present during the course of my training and education, they would have been my role models. I think it was really hard growing up, you know, in the 60s and 70s, there weren't that many women who were in medicine. Uh, I had an idea that I wanted to be a physician, yet I, I just, there wasn't anyone whose path I, could, I wanted to follow. Um, and I felt like I was starting out doing this on my own. And then as I got to, went to medical school and then became a resident there were young women who did have families and were combining families and career and I could certainly learn from them you do realize that you're that person for other younger women now that that I think that you pointed this out earlier that there's more opportunity to get support from uh, women's groups or women who live by example or even men who are all about the uh, women's initiatives mm -hmm. and you serve as a great example thank you let me, let me ask you on that note, how would you advise other women to support one another? Be encouraging. Be, first of all, be kind. You know, being kind is so important. I, ha I must say that I trained and early on in my career, I wasn't always surrounded by the kindest people. And I happen to have chose a very stressful field where we were up all night working the next day. Many of us were truly sleep deprived. That doesn't, while it exists, it doesn't exist to such an extent because laws now prevent people from working that hard, you know, physicians from working, pulling all-nighters and working the next day. It's not safe. And we know that not sleeping affects performance and it affects psychological well-being. So, you know, I grew up, I, I, I was going to say I grew up, I, I trained a very, you know, difficult time. I think times are different. People are more well-rested. People prioritize healthy lifestyle and spending time with family and enjoying hobbies and things like that. And in, in, in doing that, I think in general, people are happier in the workplace. So, you know, I encourage, you know, I think it's important for people to be kind to one another and to be supportive of one another, to lend an ear to one another, for one another, and it makes things a lot easier. It breaks my heart when women are unkind to other mm -hmm. women, uh, knowing what we've gone through and trying to get where we're going. It just kills me. And I know that, you know, I'm sure you faced it. I faced it. It's, it's, it's not about us. It's about their fears. So um, I try to say, you know, forgive True. them. <laughs> True. True. So, what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome that? So my biggest challenge was honestly dealing with some challenging personalities um, during the course of, certainly during the course of my training and early on in my career. Um, people, again, who may have questioned my ability to juggle and to do what I do, and also to use my medical expertise and other capacities, perhaps outside of the office. Um, 
so that was a bit of an obstacle. And I think the more I did um, and the further enmeshed I became in my career, the more confident I became. So I, you know, I think it was, you know, time and that you know, time and maturity enabled me to really overcome that. I, I, and I do think women who are younger than I am are more empowered and unlike are, are better able and better equipped to um, overcome obstacles. Well, I think that um, it, it's really good for your patients to hear th this, that you had challenges because nobody has it easy. It's not. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is not, you don't waltz into a practice where you've been for 29 years without having had some stumbling blocks and growing pains and everything else. Right. So, so I like to tell my son, you win or learn, never lose. Win or learn, never lose. And that's, that's a great motto. Yeah, good perspective. So what do you do for fun when you're not working? Well, I don't sit still um, for too long. I love, to, <laughs> I love to exercise. I'm absolutely hooked on taking bar classes. They have absolutely changed everything for me. So Does that have anything to do with whiskey? What do you mean, bar classes? Bar, not no, 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 B-A-R-R-E. I love my wine. I'm not, I don't like hard liquor, but I love my glass of wine for sure. Just had a great trip to Napa. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, but I love to exercise. I love to spend time obviously with my family. I have two dogs, King Charles Spaniels. I enjoy walking them. Um, I love nice. spending time with my friends. I'm in a book club. I enjoy reading. Um, I like to bake. Um, what's your favorite book or what's a recent book that you enjoyed? Oh my gosh, I just finished the book Educated. It is an absolute must read. It's really an incredible story. It's a memoir um, about a woman who grew up um, in a Mormon fundamentalist family and how she really received her own education on her own and what she accomplished with her life. It's extraordinary. Wow. I'm going to have to get over. Just finished reading that. I loved it. And oh, um, great just finished a book called The Secret Daughter. That was wonderful. Um, so I, I actually, I can't, I read, but I also listen. I, can, I commute, so I try to multitask because the truth is I do get home and I am tired. <laughs> and um, we tend to eat late, which is not the best thing, but we do eat late. And then, you know, I, by the time I, if I were to open a book, I think I might fall quickly to sleep. So I listen to many of my books. Um, Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that. So I can imagine that you barely get time to eat. I think it's nice you said we eat late. I know your husband is also a doctor. And yes. I'm sure you have yes. busy lives. Um, but the fact that you eat together is charming. We do. I will tell you, and I think you, in terms of pearls or lessons, one thing we always did as a family was we always had dinner together. And I think, look, studies have shown that it's important. Our, our decision to do this had nothing to do with studies per se, but interestingly enough, when my kids were little, we, we, they had a nanny who, and they would have dinner about five o'clock, six o'clock. And my husband and I would come home and we would, you know, decide who got on the elliptical and who would get on, on uh, the treadmill or who would take a walk and we would try to exercise a little bit and then eat. And honestly, we ate dinner at about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Um, now that we're empty nesters, we eat more like at nine o'clock, but my, and my kids would sit down with us. In fact, one of my older son, one of his college essays had to do with second dinner. And it was just Aww. about discussions we had at the dinner table. I love that. We would sit down for the second dinner. That's incredible. I love that. So, yeah. you know, I, I always, 
I, I always think about, um, I think a lot, I'm a thinker, but I always think about what will my son say when he's 30 about his life and, and our parenting and, you know, growing up. And, and that's beautiful that your son opted to write a paper on that. That's just yeah. beautiful. I love and, that. You know, I find myself now even saying to my kids, um, you know, almost an apologetic way oh, I know I was out you know, late at night or there were mornings that I wasn't there and someone was always there for them. And they were like, mom, it's fine. We were always so proud of you. Um, yeah, in fact, they, they know that the work I do really does define me. You know, I, I define myself both as being, you know, as a physician and a mom and a wife, but I think it's important to my kids. That's how they see me. Nice. That's very nice. So I'm sure when they were little, they were like, where is she? She's gone. But now they're like, wow, thank you, mom. Well, I've always made sure that they were well taken care of. Right. And they got it. They got it. I would call them at seven in the morning from the hospital, having you know been there all night and say, I'm not there for breakfast. They're like, oh yeah, it's all good. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So um, it's interesting that you're an OBGYN and you're a boy mom. So you get some relationship building with uh, young girls and, and their moms and grandmothers, like you said, through your practice. Right. So I and think the, that's beautiful. The and testosterone at home balances <laughs> out the estrogen during the day. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Well, can you tell me something, a surprising fact about you or something no one knows or, you know, something you want? Uh, oh, I have a, I have a, a, a big shoe problem. Um. <laughs> Is that a surprise? <laughs> right, a big shoe problem. Um, and um, I, I just, despite my interest, you're in spite of my, you know, the serious side of being a doctor and a mom and all of that. I love fashion. Well, I can probably see you reading medical articles on a split screen while looking at shoes and handbags. <laughs> um, it is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> but I, I think I forgive you that. And so with the audience, because you're in a lab coat all day, so you have to mix it up somehow. Shoes well, I joke, the shoes are important. I tell my husband the shoes are important because it's the only thing that sticks out of the lab coat. Right, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. That's hilarious. That's wonderful. Yeah. So if people want to know how to reach you on social media. So they can reach out to me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter at Rebecca Bright MD or through my office website if they want to find out more about me. And the office website is eswobgyn.com. Wonderful, wonderful. So all you folks listening, you know that I have a podcast that goes out over 10 channels. You can find us on Google Podcasts, on uh, Radio Public, on um, Anchor, any number of podcasts. I'll sync this podcast into a blog about Dr. Rebecca Brightman, and I'll include her contact information in the blog in case you do want to reach out to her. She's quite fascinating, um, being you know involved in issues outside of her practice, raising two sons that have successfully gone off to college, and still being in love with her wonderful doctor husband. Mr. Uh, Dr. Bruce, well, now I know his, uh, his first name. So I want to thank you for being here today. You are delightful. Obviously, you're brilliant. And <laughs> it was fun. You're also funny. You're very funny. <laughs> well, thank you. This has really been a pleasure. All righty, everyone. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you.